This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Home stretch here on the Tuesday edition of Silver and Black today on cutdown day in the NFL. A tough day for a lot of <clears throat> folks out there. A great day for others. Where will the Raiders end up? We'll keep you updated throughout the day. Mo, tell everybody about your, by the way, Scott Cobranson, Mo Moten, your host back here. Mo, tell everybody, I know you got a live Bleacher Report reaction as soon as the roster cuts are released, which if it's the Raiders, normal modus operandi. They're due at 4 Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, which means you'll get the Raiders cuts at about 1.05 p.m. Would be my guess. <laughs> so tell everybody what they can expect with your live up on Bleacher Report. So my Bleacher Report live, we'll go through some surprises if there are any. I'll get the surprises from the people in the chat because I'm sure they're going to have interesting things to say about who the Raiders let go, who they kept. We'll also talk about who they might sneak back onto the practice squad because as you all know, after the team set their final 50-man rosters, you start to build your practice squad. Some young guys, some veterans. I believe there are 10 spots and there are four protected spots. Those guys can be called up a certain amount of times during during the regular season before they have to be elevated to the main roster uh, permanently. So we'll talk about surprises, who should have went, who should have stayed, and the practice squad on the live. Today... Maybe at 4 p.m. Eastern time, 1 p.m. Somewhere around there. Uh, Pacific time. Somewhere around there. But as you said, knowing the Raiders, it'll be 5, 10, 15 minutes after the deadline. That's correct. And we will also have reaction to that with either a Silver and Black Blitz or some kind of special show. So stay tuned for that as well as I do know we will have a uh, Silver and Black Blitz tomorrow. Uh, not only related to the roster changes, but also doing a quick conversation with former Raiders quarterback Jay Schrader and Rich Perez, who's also another Raider broadcaster in Las Vegas. So stay tuned for that. We'll have some more details coming up. But it's going to be a busy day around here, a busy day around the Mo Moten uh, bunker somewhere in New York City (laughs) as we get set for this big, big day and um, the Raiders get set for the season. 12 days away, Mo. This is sort of, uh, I say we have, this is really the last weekend for those of people who cover the nfl they're covering it now but it's the last weekend without games so it's kind of the you get to breathe one second before the sprint until february and mid-february starts um but this raiders team i want to talk about this with you because i think 
we'll find out more, obviously, later today when this roster solidifies. I also think that people need to pay attention. I think there might be, and there already may have been, in the time we were recording this, some trades that happened. The players going outbound and players coming inbound. This is the time also where teams might go grab some guys before they know the team's going to cut them or not, or if they're, if they're uh, an, at a need position. The Raiders, when we look at this, and you did your 53-man roster projection, again, the one position that screams a need for an upgrade is linebacker. You talked about Patrick Queen. We've talked about that for months now. Uh, I don't know that it's possible. It still could be. We'll see. But at the same time, my guess is you will see that come in. You will also maybe see uh, some other folks that could be uh, signed and, and put on that practice squad. But what do you expect here as far as players that may still be on their way out of Las Vegas or find their way somewhere else due to the fact that the Raiders really need to upgrade that linebacker position. It's the only one that screams at me. How about you? Yeah, that's where I threw in the curveball of my depth chart pro projections. I actually have four guys. I have, who is it? Divine Diablos, Robert Spillane, it's Amari Bernie, and it's Curtis Bolton. That's my four guys named at linebacker. I have a fifth spot basically open where I just wrote in trade acquisition because I think the Raiders are going to acquire someone who's going to make the 50-man roster, acquire a linebacker who's going to make the 50-man roster. And he'll be not a surprise because I think a lot of people expect the Raiders to make a move at linebacker. If you look on social media, a lot of people are hoping. <laughs> not a lot, They're not sources saying the Raiders are going to make a move at <laughs> linebacker, but there's a lot of hope that they will based on what we've seen because I think I went, I remember going on with you and Murph in the post game, and I said, the back-end linebacker guys lost an opportunity to show out against the Cowboys. Against the Cowboys, the Cowboys had a yes. lot of the a lot of open field in the middle to work with. Will Greer was the quarterback, and I just felt like I understand these are backups and third stringers, but there was an opportunity for one of the linebackers to really show out and show that oh, I could be the fourth, fifth linebacker who could step in at the line. The outblow Roberts playing get hurt. I didn't see that, so I think Dave Ziegler, despite what he says, I know they're going to say, "Oh, we like our linebacker core. We like what we have." I I think they see what we see, and they need some at least depth there. Maybe not a starter. Maybe they really like Robert Splay and Devon Diablo as a pair, as a duo, but they need some depth there because the depth did not look good in that last preseason game. So I wrote in trade acquisition at the linebacker spot. I think they acquire someone and that guy makes a 50-man roster. Of course he would have to. Yeah. And I think one of the, one of the areas too, that they have a nice problem, <laughs> a nice problem is on the defensive <laughs> line. If you look at what, what's going on, the guys that I, that I listed, um, of course, Max Crosby, Bilal Nichols, Jerry Tillery, Chandler Jones, Young, Kuntz, Jenkins, uh, Butler. Now, Farrell Jr., same draft pick, right? I like those young guys, but but the odd man out here, as well as I thought as he do, as he's done towards the end of it, is Nesta Jade Silvera, who I think, um, do you risk putting him on uh, on the wave list to put on the practice squad? Uh, it's a good problem to have, but but... I'm just not sure what's going to happen later today with that defensive line because it's been great competition up there, and I've seen great performance. Now, against the Cowboys, it was different. You saw a lot of the other guys who are cut on the list, like Adam Plant and Rochelle and those guys. Um, what do you think here, Mo? What did you have on your 53-man roster when it came to those last two or three spots? 
it wouldn't shock me if Nesta J. Severa is letting go and they try to stash him on the practice squad. Will he make it back to the practice squad? We'll see if he is cut. But I felt like whenever you watch the final preseason game, it's for the last three or four spots on the roster, maybe mm-hmm. two or three, depending on how stacked your roster is. And I felt like he made a strong case to make the 53 man over Matthew Butler. Because I'll, I'll ask this question for anyone listening, for Raiders fans listening, follow the team over the past year, which is not long. When have you thought to yourself, man, the Raiders have to keep Matthew Butler because they have something special on that guy? <laughs> he has shown absolutely, and I'm not ripping him, but he has shown no. absolutely nothing yeah. since they drafted him in the fifth round last year. Even with Farrell, you can see moments where he could be that run stopper, get some pressure up the middle. I've seen absolutely zilch from Matthew Butler to show that we should, you know, not we, but the Raiders should keep him on the on the final roster. There are times where I know Nesta J. Severa is a rookie, but in that Cowboy game, he got some pressure when I, I think he was only one of maybe three or two Raiders to lay a finger on Will Greer in that entire game because Will Greer was running up and down the field, throwing the ball up and down the field. Nesta J. Severa, to me, was one of the lone bright spots on that defensive line in that defensive in that front seven period. So seeing that and seeing the urge, seeing his gameplay, I, I think he has a chance to make it. I, I wouldn't lock him in simply because maybe it's you know too a little too late. Maybe if he had played well or stood out in every preseason game, better chance. But I think as time went on, he he showed something that Matthew Butler hasn't shown me, which is which is he, he can he could do something on that defensive line because Matthew Butler just hasn't to me hasn't done much. Uh, yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody out there who's a Matthew Butler guy or gal out there, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. But I just yeah. haven't seen anything from him, and I think if 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 it's between Matthew Butler and Nesta Jade Savera, I I would keep Nesta Jade Savera. Yeah, uh, I I don't understand because in I've reviewed four different fifty three man roster projections. Um, the athletics, I think, was done by by uh, Tashawn and and Vic and yours, Sports okay. Illustrated's, and one other. And I find that the 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 Matthew Butler has made every roster, I think, except for yours. Um, and and it, to me, I don't understand it either. But I think this is sometimes, and you would think you would think that in the NFL, best player wins. It's a meritocracy. Whoever's the best player. Yeah. They're going to make the team. But in reality, the political part of this is were they a draft pick of this and where were they drafted? So and and sometimes coaches, I've, you've seen it, Mo, I've seen it. Sometimes coaches fall in love with players and they will give them more time than maybe somebody who was a seventh round draft pick or was held over from the previous regime. It just goes that way sometimes. I had a good friend who was was fortunate enough to make the AAA baseball, and he literally, they went through a couple GM firings in three years. He was on the path to make the major leagues. Would he have stayed? Who knows? But he was going to get his chance to at least get a cup of coffee in the major leagues. And a new, a new GM came in, decided that, hey, we need to go a different direction. And it's like, his manager told him, look, they're never going to promote you. Well, yeah, but I have the stats. doesn't matter. And I think sometimes that politics... That piece of it just happens, yeah. and it's unfortunate for the guys who do it. So uh, I think with 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 uh, Nesta Jade Silvera, I think he'll find a spot if he doesn't stay on that Raiders practice squad. The last thing I want to talk about with you, and again, some of this might already have happened as we record this for Tuesday morning, but you look at the cornerback position. Um, Amik Robertson, a lot of people have him making the roster. I did not. 
Uh, but some of the cuts I think that are, are pretty assured to happen, Brandon Faison, uh, Ike Brown, Bryce Cosby, Aziz Hearn, and of course, uh, Sam Webb. Mo, when you look at that cornerback position, again, having Peters, Bennett, Hobbs, Long, and uh, and even Shelley, who made a run for the roster, uh, that's not an easy cut either, although I think the play and who was playing late in the game against Dallas is indicative of who we will see later today as the being on that 53-man roster. Like the linebacker room, the cornerback room didn't show well against the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. A lot yeah. of missed tackles. There was some blown coverages, soft coverage. Maybe that's the fault of Patrick Graham. But the, the, what stood out to me about the cornerbacks on the negative side is David Long Jr., not a good tackler. Mm-hmm. Not a good tackler. I, I think on multiple occasions he blew tackles. I, I wouldn't trust that guy on, on, on an island with a wide receiver because that wide receiver catches a football and he's a, he's a yak monster. David Long Jr. is going to give up an extra 10 to 15 yards maybe because, because of his poor tackling. So I, I left him off the roster simply because of that. I know he was a former day two pick for the Rams. I get all of that. He has the potential, but I, I just couldn't trust him. Now, the change that I made from last week to this week was I dropped Sam Webb. I had Sam Webb making the roster initially last week. Dropped him for safety, Isaiah Polamau, who we'll talk about shortly, but... Remember last year, the Raiders kept five cornerbacks. So I cut it down from six to five on this final depth chart. And I actually, as you said, I have a Meek Robertson being cut simply because with the addition of Marcus Peters and Jacorian Bennett, who are locks to make the roster, makes it harder for a Meek. Now, people are going to put a Meek on their depth chart simply out of by default because, as Mm -hmm. I said, the cornerbacks didn't shot well. So no one really made their case over a Meek. It's just the fact that I have Tyler Hall on the roster. I was surprised to see on the Athletic they have Tyler Hall getting cut. Uh, That kind of shocked me a bit because Tyler Hall, number one, I think he's going to be the primary backup slot guy, but he can also play safety, and I think they value that versatility. So I have Tyler Hall making the roster where the the Athletic does not. No, yeah, it's it's interesting. And look, everybody's got their opinion on that, and and I think – yeah, having Long, Jr., and Robertson on the roster, interesting take by the athletic folks. Uh, SI did not have them on there. But anyway, you look at that safety, Mo. Look at this. Trayvon Merrick, I think, is going to get his chance, obviously, to do that. Marcus yeah. Epps, I think, has won out the other spot, in my view. Uh, then you have Chris Smith. You talked about Paul Mao. Also, Roderick Teamer, who's, who's been a, a, a good player, uh, and he, he's a great player on special teams. Um, I have him below the cut line, as do I think everybody. Uh, but you talk about that safety position, another one of those positions where, while it's not because of, of Merrick and what he's able to do and what we saw his rookie season, I have a little more faith that he can have a comeback season. We'll see. But at the same time, not as poor as the linebacker uh, play, I think. not. I shouldn't say poor play. The, the depth at linebacker is a concern. At safety, I just, as I said on the last show, I think, in the postgame show, I just don't know how to feel about it because we haven't seen them really suit up and play and be challenged. So I think that first game against Denver, although Denver now without Jerry Judy uh, continues to, I think, struggle into the preseason or into the season. Um, what do you think about the safety and and talk about Teamer pr- particularly? He's also kind of a fan favorite. People like him because he's been around. But where did you end up with those guys and what was your justification for uh, the four the four safeties that you did hold on the roster? Well, as you said, Marcus Epps and Trayvon Merrigan locks. Chris Smith, the, Chris Smith the second makes the roster simply because he's fifth-round draft pick. Not a high draft pick, but usually you keep most of your fifth-rounders to give them a chance to develop. 
Now, initially, I had Roderick Teamer as the fourth safety, and I cut it off there. I didn't have Isaiah Palomo on the roster. But as I just said, I dropped Sam Webb, cut the cornerbacks down to five, and kept five safeties. And the Raiders kept five safeties last year. Isaiah Palomo was one of them. Mm-hmm. The reason I have Isaiah Palomo on the roster is because he is that hybrid player. He's about 6'4", 220-something pounds. He could play, I believe, linebacker and safety. And I, again, I think Patrick Graham values that versatility. There are some people who came at me on Twitter X and said, Mo, I, I don't have Roderick Teamer making the final 50-minute uh, roster. And I said, Roderick Teamer's value to the team is very similar to Brandon Bolden's on offense. People, A lot of people forget special teams. When they make their depth yes. charts, they're just yes. thinking primary offense, defense. These coaches especially your special teams coordinator values guys core special teams guys so the guys that play the most snaps on special teams usually make the roster again and if they cut those guys they have to replace them because it is an important phase of the game but we often forget about it so brandon bolton on offense played 60 percent of the snaps on special teams last year i expect him to be back roger team played a lot of snaps on special teams with the raiders i expect him to be back because that's where his value is doesn't play a lot of safety snaps but I think McMahon, the special teams coordinator, is going to want him back this year to lead that special teams group. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Mo, I mean, look, we're coming up on the first game here in 12 days, September 10th against the Denver Broncos up at Mile High. Uh, you look at this Raiders team, and I, I don't know, it's not because of any one specific reason, but bringing Jacobs back into the fold, as we talked about in the first segment, and then what they have going for them. Yes, there's the question marks on defense. But to me, I'm starting to feel much more optimistic. You and I both picked this team to have seven, eight wins. I think I had eight. I think you had seven. Uh, And I think that if they can keep, again, there's ifs. I understand that there's ifs with everything. (laughs) If they can keep Jimmy Garoppolo healthy, um, I think the team could surprise people. I really, I'm not sitting here being a shill. That's not what we do here. We're very honest. But, but I'm almost to the point where I believe that this team, if they can get the kind of defensive play they had up front in the preseason, I know, if again, that happens, this team could, the dynamic could change completely. It's a tough division. I think we're going to know a lot about this team within the first three weeks of the season with those two road games followed by their first game at Allegiant Stadium. Um, if they can come out of that with a with a surprising 2-1 and one record or even a 3-0 and record, I think they could end up uh, in a good spot there. What's your overall feeling? I'm not asking you to move off your seven-win projection, but what am I asking you is after seeing what they've done, and they still have some moves to make today and over the next few days, but what's, what's your mood now on where the Raiders are and the potential they have to perhaps be a surprise, as we talked about with Sean Salisbury in the interview segment uh, of, of this season in the NFL and in the AFC West? My mood isn't overly like, okay, they're going to now win 12 games yeah. now because Josh Jacobs is back. But like you, I, I think the the move around the race has been uplifted because a lot of a lot of the press clippings, a lot of the headlines in the offseason have been negative around the Raiders. Is Devontae Adams getting traded? Does he want out? Josh Jacobs, is he going to come back? Is he going to pull Le'Veon Bell? Jimmy Garoppolo, is he going to stay healthy? Is it even healthy to, to practice at training camp? Remember, we faced all of those questions. We answer, answered a lot of those questions from our emailers over the offseason. And so far, so good. Jimmy Garoppolo, I know he, he only played a series in the preseason. I understand that. Jimmy Garoppolo looks ready to go. 
Devontae Adams hasn't said anything negative that that the media can glom onto and use as a headline. Josh Jacobs is back with his new number eight. It's it's those are positive things, right? That doesn't mean that the Raiders are going to win a Super Bowl, but you want to see positive going into the regular season, just like you want to see you want to build some momentum from the preseason into the regular season. I know the Raiders didn't play well against the Cowboys, but I think having that offense together, as we said in the first segment. Raiders are spending the fifth most cap dollars on their offense. If you are spending the fifth most cap dollars in your <laughs> offense, your offense better be scoring points. Regardless of what the defense does, your offense has to score points. <laughs> with, with you know, with with that, with the personnel that they have, with the oh, yeah. you're you're investing in that unit. So, I feel like the Raiders' offense is good enough to score points. It's going to come down to how quickly that defense comes together. With the guys that they have now, I, now as you said, you're going to learn a lot about the defense early. They got to play against Josh Allen and Justin Herbert within the first four weeks of the season, right? So that defense is going to be tested early. That pass rush is going to be tested early. But I, I said this on the Bleach Report live when the schedule first came out. I think the defense is going to get better as the season go, goes on because Tyree Wilson and Byron Young missed a chunk of training camp with injuries. Those guys aren't going to be busting out like gangbusters the first four weeks of the season. You're going to see a lot more from them, you know, around Thanksgiving, hopefully by October. You want to see start to see more of them on the field play, see their snap count increase, see their workload increase. But I think fans are going to get antsy if they don't see Tyree Wilson and Byron Young make plays early. They're going to say, oh, waste of draft picks. Dave Ziegler, what is he doing? These guys aren't doing much. And I think people need to remember when you're a rookie that misses valuable snaps and reps in the offseason, you're going to probably start off slow. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be the case for Wilson and Young. But as as October rolls around, as Halloween rolls around, hopefully they get mm-hmm. more snaps and they make an impact and make it difficult for guys like Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert within the division. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yes, and I think you saw this last year, because remember how bad the offensive line was last year. Now, again, I think there's something to, I, th- I think you can't argue, in my book, that the Raider defensive front especially and the defensive backfield, the middle, and eh, we'll see, has gotten better. They have, I think they have more talent. It's shown in the preseason. But they have to perform when it counts, number one. Number two, they have to get used to each other. That's what I always talk about, that cohesiveness, especially on the lines in the trenches. You get it. Like, you get to communicate. You got to read what the, what the offense is doing. Those guys, it takes a little bit of time. So I'm just reinforcing your point, Mo, which is it's going to take time to gel outside of the young players like Tyree Wilson, who in just a very few number of downs against Dallas looked really good. People who didn't think so, I don't understand what they're looking at. But to my view, 
he had a nice little thing. He's only going to get better uh, by week five or six, I think, is when he'll start to really shine uh, if he does it. But go ahead. If, if anyone wants a fair breakdown of Tyree Wilson, check out our guy, Baldy, who's with the Odyssey Sports fam. He did a yeah. fair – he didn't just throw rose petals at Tyree Wilson's feet because no. he tossed a, a Dallas Cowboys offensive lineman. He also showed a moment where Tyree Wilson has to be able to beat a tight end one-on-one. He said, you're a defensive lineman. You don't want to get blocked by a tight end. That happened to Tyree Wilson in the first game, but I'm sure as he gets his feet under him, he'll be a lot stronger at the point of attack with more consistency. The other thing I didn't mention about the Raiders' defensive line is Chandler Jones. We still don't know what the status on mm-hmm. him is. If he's still out and Malcolm Coons has to play, you know, it, it, I don't want to say it's a significant drop-off because Chandler Jones wasn't great last year, but he picked it up toward the end once the Raiders picked up Jerry Tillery. What's that defensive line going to look like if Chandler Jones isn't on the field for week one or the beginning part of the season? That's a great point, and that could that could also facilitate the need for another body too. And and depending, mm-hmm. we're going to see. There's always a couple surprise cuts around the league, uh, and guys that could end up being in Las Vegas who could help out at any number of positions. So we'll see how it all goes down the rest of today. Mo, I know, like you, uh, I'm going to be busy over the next day uh, covering cutdowns, final rosters. But tell everybody again today. You're going to have around 4 p.m. or whenever we get the the Raiders roster (laughs) cuts, you're going to be doing your live Bleacher Report. Tell people how to watch that and then also tell people what else you have coming in the written format. As soon as the Raiders turn in their, their final cuts, log into the Bleacher Report app. I'll also tweet a link out to just join me for a BR live stream. We'll talk about the final cuts, what you think, what I think, what we think is going to happen with the practice squad. I also have a reaction piece up on sportsnot.com, just breaking down what the roster is going to look like going into the regular season. Because as I just said, there are going to be some injuries. There are going to be some guys that are going to go on IR after the roster cut, after the roster cuts are made. So what that means is, if you're on the injury, if you're on injury reserve before roster cuts are made, your season is over. So that's guys like Britton Brown who were put on IR, who was put on IR on Sunday. If you're put on IR after the 50-man roster is is set you're able to come back during the season. So the Raiders, I think some of the guys that are nicked up, hopefully not Chandler Jones, hopefully not Ja'Cory mm-hmm. Bennett, but I'm sure every year this happens, guys are going to go on IR and be able to come back within, you know, early in the season. So we'll see because that's going to open up some roster spots and be the Raiders will be able to fill some shallow spots on a depth chart at linebacker, at offensive line, maybe at on the defensive line. Maybe Chandler Jones is going to be out longer than they expected and they have to go out and get another pass rusher. We'll find out. Yes. So make sure you do that. Follow Mo on Twitter, X M O E M O T O N. Also, just a, a quick note, uh, and, and, and Mo knows about this, and that is I actually have accepted a role as an editor and NFL writer over at sportsnot.com full time. So, yes, thank you, Mo. I appreciate that. So uh, it's interesting because I've been doing this show, for those of you who don't know, because sometimes people tweet things at me, Mo, and they're like, oh, you guys make your living this way. And it's like, well, actually, this was just kind of a side thing for me over the last seven years, in addition to the writing and all that stuff. Now, for the first time in a long time, I'm going to be able to do it full time. So I'll be covering uh, sports up on sportsnot.com as well as, of course, the Raiders. But uh, overall, be, I might even have to edit your stuff, Mo. I mean, I used to do that, and it was, it was actually a pleasure. I don't just say that because you're my buddy and you're my co-host. But when you get good, clean copy as an editor, 
it makes a huge difference. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. But I'm going to be full time, uh, which means we can demote, devote more time to this and to uh, sports overall. So I'm looking forward to that. And um, you can you can follow me on Twitter, LV Gully. And I'll start tweeting stuff out that I'm involved in. You'll start to see me write some different stuff that you haven't seen me write before, which will be fun as well. So I'm excited about that, Bill. We're, 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 we're back in the saddle full time. It, it reminds, speaking of sports now, it reminds me, we got to have our good friend Evan Grow just probably baby back on the show. We usually do our little roundtable yes. talk before the Raiders start the season. So Evan Grow, who's also part of the Sports Night family, uh, got to have him back on. So I'm sure now we have the three amigos back together again yes. under the Sports Night umbrella. Feels good. Yes. Yes, we uh, one of my favorite movies, by the way, The Three Amigos. Very funny. Um, <laughs> shall I be coming around about? Okay, you guys get that if you, if you know the movie. But anyway, yeah. And by the way, with Sports Not, you know, we always talk about it in terms of you writing there as a Raiders columnist and me writing there occasionally covering the Raiders. Um, make sure you check out the site. Seriously, uh, it's it's a top 20 mm-hmm. sports site uh, in, in America. Yes, there are larger ones. But if you look at where it's come in three years, and my involvement with them started with silverandblacktoday.com, which became the old VegasSportsToday.com. There's a new site called Vegas Sports Today, which we are not related to. But nonetheless, the, the, that went into SportsNot. That's how Mo got there and, and got introduced there, as well as Brevin Honda, who covers um, golf for SportsNot.com, started mm-hmm. writing for us, if you remember, Mo, uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then, yep. of course, you talked about Evan Grote, who does a lot of work over there on the digital content, too. Not as much writing, but the digital content, a lot of the interviews you see up on Sports Not and everything, Evan has a hand in that as well. So really cool stuff. I'm really excited, and um, it's going to be fun. So we're looking forward so, to it. So Sports Not basically has a, a core, what do you want to call it, a core four with Scott, myself, Evan, Brevin. We're, we're, we're like the, the originals there. Uh, that- <laughs> that were carried over from the from the previous platform so yes just good to have everybody back together for the season ready and geared up it is it is it's going to be fun uh as always it's going to be a great season we're looking forward to talking to you guys here on silver and black today as we get geared towards that we will have evan on next week and do our roundtable our preseason roundtable where we have a lot of fun and just uh talk about what expectations might be concerns uh and excitement and all that kind of stuff we'll have all of that as part of it by the way, we will also look over the next couple of days. Of course, we'll have Mo and I will be back full show on Thursday, but look for something later today on the cuts here on Silver and Black today and also a Silver and Black Blitz. We welcome Jay Schrader and Rich Perez on as well. Of course, former Raider quarterback Jay Schrader. We'll talk to him about uh, all that's going on with the Raiders and get his impression so far of the quarterback situation, including the young quarterback Aiden O'Connell. So stay tuned. So much content coming up. And we really appreciate your guys' support. Mo, I will talk to you either today, tomorrow, or definitely Thursday, <laughs> my friend. Definitely Thursday, but look out for a silver and black blitz because you know that's oh, yeah. coming from you know, either Scott, myself, or maybe both of us. Maybe both. if we have time in between <laughs> our schedule, it'll be, it'll be both of us. <laughs> it will be. It'll be a crazy couple days, but do that. All right, my friend, take care. Uh, just a take reminder, care. too, for those of you listening to the podcast for the first time, do us a favor, subscribe to it. Even if you watch us on YouTube, shout out to our YouTube chat, which is always lively. Um, just subscribe to it on the audio for us as well. That helps us significantly. 
Go anywhere you get your audio. Just search Silver and Black today. Subscribe, put on the auto download, and you're set to go. Thanks for the subscribers on YouTube. We certainly appreciate you guys being there. Hit the notifications bell as well so you know when we have a new video up. For our producer, Mike Robier, for Mo Moten, I'm Scott Branson. This has been Silver and Black Today. We'll talk to you later this afternoon, Raider Nation.